Welcome back to the swamp my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today we're going to be delving into the chilling world of hunting horror stories. From encounters with mysterious creatures in the woods to eerie experiences in abandoned cabins, we'll explore some spine-tingling tales that'll keep hunters and outdoors enthusiasts on the edge of their seats. As usual, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. You can also submit it on reddit at r slash thedarkswamp. I'd love to share your story with everyone here. Now, without further ado, let's jump right into these creepy and allegedly true hunting horror stories. Our hunting trip didn't go well by Sarah Jane. I remember it like yesterday. Even though it's been almost a year, my friends and I had planned a hunting trip for turkey deep in the woods of northern Michigan. We had gone on many hunts before, but this one, this one was different. Something was off from the moment we arrived at the campsite. We set up camp and started our hunt early the following day. We were deep in the woods and it was eerily quiet. We could hear each other's breath and the crunching of the leaves beneath our feet. I was leading the way when I saw something move in the distance. It was a turkey, and I signaled to my friends to follow me quietly. We were stalking the turkey for quite some time when we finally came across what looked to be a clearing. The turkey was out there, and we were finally close enough to take a shot. I raised my shotgun and aimed, but the turkey moved as I pulled the trigger and missed. I could hear my friends laughing behind me, but something strange happened. The turkey didn't fly away like they usually would. Instead, it just stood there, staring at us both with its beady eyes. Then, all of a sudden, the turkey started to grow. It got bigger and bigger until it was almost as tall as a man. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I looked over at my friends who were just as scared as I was to make sure they were seeing the same thing. We slowly started to back away from the turkey, but it didn't move. It just stood there, staring at us. That's when we heard it, a loud growling noise coming from the trees. We all froze, not sure what to do. Then out of nowhere, a pack of wolves appeared. They snarled and bared their teeth. We knew we were in trouble, and we started to run, but the wolves were way too fast encircling us. They were closing in on us fast, and we could hear their hot breath on our heels. We kept running until we came across a small cave. We dove inside and huddled together, hoping the wolves wouldn't find us. We waited for quite some time in that cave, listening to the wolves howling outside. Eventually, the noise died down and we knew leaving would be safe. We emerged from the shelter and returned to camp. But there were always different areas to hunt after that, obviously. And that's where we would go from now on. Now, whenever I go hunting, I just can't shake that feeling that something is watching me. I'm just absolutely terrified. And Mother Nature definitely threw me through a loop that night. I don't know what that turkey thing was, though. And if anybody has any idea of what that might have been, please explain it to us. I should explain that I was sober of mind, we don't drink, we don't smoke, we don't do anything like that. A Backwoods Hunting Secret by According Ticket 6634 In the fall of 1998, I went to Somerset, Vermont to go camping along the Somerset River and maybe do a little hunting. There's a forest road that runs up to an airfield with free dispersed campsites. 
It was first come first serve and in summertime it would be packed with kids partying and living their best lives. Still, my girlfriend and I planned this trip in the fall because the fall leaves in Vermont are something special to see and we knew the campground would be empty in the middle of the work week during the off season. I set up our tent and we walked around the woods, down to the river and just enjoyed the season's natural beauty. Eventually we lay in the tent, talking as the sun went down and drifted off to sleep. The next day I planned on waking up early and trying to bag some quail. Sometime in the night though, I woke up to two voices outside of our tent. It sounded like two men whispering to each other but it wasn't English. I couldn't quite distinguish what they were saying, but distinctly I heard two male voices. Suddenly, there was a long, low whistle from off in the distance and I heard one of the men click in acknowledgement. Everything went pretty quiet after that. I did wait until sunrise and went outside the tent and looked around. I didn't see anyone. My heart was pounding in my chest and I was wide awake at this point. I woke my girlfriend up and we left. I still wonder what those guys were doing, where they came from, and why they were so close to our campsite using whistling and clicking noises only, and some strange language that I'm pretty sure is not Spanish or anything else. The Somerset campground is far off the beaten path. I didn't hear or see any signs of a vehicle. So, I decided not to go hunting, because I was kind of freaked out if these people would be hanging around in the tree somewhere. Rural Vermont has a lot of strange legends and folklore. Years after this happened, I learned about the Bennington Years after this happened, I learned about the Bennington Triangle and the disappearances of people in the 1950s. I left that state and joined the army a few months later. I've only been back to Vermont a few times since that, but I've yet to camp or hunt there again. My Last Day Alligator Hunting by Cajun Rebel 88 I can still feel the adrenaline coursing through my veins as I recall the terrifying experience of almost being killed by an alligator while on a hunting trip. It was a humid summer evening, and my friends and I were excitedly preparing our gear for the alligator trip we had planned for weeks. As a group of experienced hunters, we knew the necessary risk and precautions. We loaded our boats with the required equipment and headed to go set our lines. Now, we didn't live in Louisiana or anything like that but this was something on our hunting bucket list that we wanted to do for a long time, so I guess we weren't quite ready for what the swamp had in store for us. As we moved further into the murky waters, we spotted a massive alligator lurking nearby. My heart raced with excitement because I thought it might be on one of our poles. We had our gun ready and we pulled in closer, but as we got in close to grab the line, it suddenly lunged at us, and I felt my world spin out of control. The ferocity of this attack was like nothing I had ever experienced before. Being a natural bow hunter, this was definitely something that was not in my natural reign of skills. The alligator's massive jaws clamped down on our boat, almost flipping it over. My friend and I were thrown around like ragdolls as we struggled to stay afloat. It was a blur of teeth, claws, and desperation as we fought for our lives. I don't remember much after that. I just remember shooting, hearing shots, and then me going a bit hazy and everything got blurred because pain and fear took over. But somehow we managed to escape with our lives. Our boat was pretty mangled up and we didn't suffer anything super severe injury-wise. And we were all alive. I think the worst was just a mild concussion. 
The rest of the trip was a blur of terror and anxiety trying to get up and out of that swamp. We all vowed to never underestimate the power of these beasts again, and we had never hunted in a swamp since. Yet, as I sit here, months later recounting this experience, I can still feel the fear and the adrenaline pumping through my veins. Setting alligator lines might seem simple on those shows when you're watching them, but it's an absolute adventure, somewhere where you're never truly safe. It's such a wild and unpredictable ride. I'm just glad we got out of there safely and we didn't lose any limbs, but it could have gone much worse. About five years back, my dad wanted to take me on a hunting trip. We also brought our dog. My dad got us to our getaway home in the Carpathians, and we were going to spend four days there. This was in the fall. The first day wasn't so bad because we just ate and watched movies, but we hiked up the mountain the second day to set up camp for hunting. The night of day two came, and we had our night vision goggles on. My dad had those, and he's a badass for that. We also had hunting rifles and the like. We were posted up on a hill, surveying the area for game. It got suspicious out there when, out of nowhere, we heard the loudest scream I have ever heard in my life. It sounded far away, but it came from just down the mountain. Scared absolutely crapless, the both of us could not make it back to the cabin because of the rain, so we stayed at the camp and slept it out. I could barely sleep. My dad brought the dog to his tent, so I was alone in mine. About four in the morning, I hear sticks breaking outside my tent. Then, right outside of my tent, I hear rustling. I'm nearly about to pee myself, and I heard a loud breathing and groaning sound for about an hour before it randomly stopped. The following day, my dad told me he listened to the whole thing, and we both agreed to go back to the cabin. On day three, we were surveying the area again, as there was a deer we spotted eating breakfast. My dad went back to track it and told me to stay with the dog, so I did. It was when I was alone that things really got wild. I was sitting in the driveway and we heard a loud bang from the cabin and jumped up from my seat and ran inside the house with my gun. What I saw absolutely horrified me. The front window was smashed. I found nothing inside either. When my dad got back, he thought maybe some guy threw a rock at the house, but I told him there wasn't a brick or a stone or anything, and he didn't believe me. On the night of day three, I sat upstairs looking out the window with the goggles on, and suddenly I thought I saw something moving like 30 feet away in the trees. I took out the video camera we used for the deer and zoomed in with it. I checked the footage in the morning, and it was too dark to really see anything, but I transferred it to my phone and brightened it and I could kind of see something. It kind of looked like a person, at least the outline of them. They were cloaked really well, but you could kind of see wrinkly legs and what looked like eyes that appeared in the footage. They just stood amongst the trees and shuffled off, looking directly at the camera seemingly. As the night of day four came, things seemingly calmed down, but I was still too scared to really go outside. The dog was still out there though and started barking like crazy and ran into the grove at some point. We never saw our dog again, unfortunately. My dad refuses to talk about this trip at family gatherings, and honestly, I just hope this story can help people and hopefully maybe figure out what the heck this was.
So my buddies and I decided to go to a camping and hunting trip. Jeff decided we were going to go camping and we were headed out to the mountains of West Virginia for turkey hunting. My buddy owns this cabin and guys, it's fantastic. Two rooms, a kitchen with a 19th century wood stove and an oven, and a back room with two bunk beds. I have lived there full time before, and it's just a lot of fun. We all brought turkey guns, basic 12 gauges, Mossbergs, and Remingtons, and of course our wealthy friend got a Bernelli M4 because he's not the brightest and it's all he had, quote unquote. But we also took others. I took my Ruger, AR-556, a base model AR-15, and my Glock 19X. Why? Because why not? I'm in the mountains, and I'm probably never going to see a turkey. Might as well just target shoot. Day one, we drink. That had always been the intention. Turkey schmirky. We brought six cases of Miller High Life. Now I know it's not the best beer, but it is what we could afford. We also had a case of one and a half liter bottles of old granddad. Now, I know what you're thinking. Drinking whiskey and beer along with guns is not a good mixture, but we don't mess around with guns when we drink. Now, after a beer or two, yeah, we'll do some target shooting. But when the whiskey comes out, the guns go away. Shortly after those escapades, we all relieved our bladders and went to bed. Day two. We had phones, but no service. So we turned them off to conserve battery. It was around 11 a.m. when I first woke up. There was shuffling and scratching outside. I blinked around and I looked around my space as my eyes adjusted. I saw Kyle on the floor, Alex on the bottom bunk and Jeff in the bottom bunk across the room. I glanced out the window and I saw something. It's hard to explain and the easiest way to describe it is to say that it was a shadow, just a shadow. So I went back to sleep. As day two actually began to start, we woke up dressed in our hunting garb and cooked eggs, god-tier sausage gravy, on the antique stove like real men. As bad as the story gets, the breakfast was actually terrific. We got our turkey guns, all legal loadout, but for some reason I can't explain why, I had five double-zero buckshot shells in my pocket. Sun comes up and there's no turkeys. The sun starts to go down and still no turkeys. We decide to call it a day and grab some drinks. Less than five minutes from the cabin, we hear this roar. All four of us drop to the ground like some troglodyte instinct type stuff. We tried to get to cover from whatever this thing was. We gather up and Jeff says, I have no idea where that bear is, but it's got to be close. Stay low, stay quiet, and move quickly. We all nod and I pump the turkey load out of my gun. Every single pump sounded like a gunshot to me, and after every shot shell I loaded made the loudest clunk I had ever heard. We make our way back to the cabin and I immediately give my 12 gauge to Jeff and pick up my car. It was just a bear. It was just a bear. It was just a bear. We all knew that was no damn bear. After nothing seemingly happened for about an hour, we emptied the double zero buckshot out of my Mossberg and put it in Alex's Bernelli. We were freaked out but we were just hoping for the best. Night two. We were all very well freaked out, but we were all well armed inside, and nothing else had happened for quite some time. We had water and we had beer. Eventually, nature called and the cabin only had an outhouse. Don't be scared, go pee. That was the last thing I ever said to Alex. We watched it happen. Worse, we heard it. We opened the window facing the outhouse to cover him. It was a half joke. You know, 
nothing was supposed to happen. Nothing was going to happen. We watched him walk towards the outhouse, and whatever this was leaped on him. A shadow, a void, left on top of Alex and began tearing. My hobby is shooting, and I'm great at it. It took me a second to recover from the shock, and I opened fire. I hit this thing with every freaking shot, and it did not matter. It didn't matter enough. It drug Alex away screaming until a savage crunch ended the screams. The three of us stayed up all night, guns pointed out the doors and windows, pretty sure we had all pissed ourselves at some point. I know I did. Day three, we ventured out. Guns were drawn. We aren't military trained, so it probably looked more like Meal Team 6 instead of SEAL Team 6. I'm still crying. We circle back to the outhouse in a loose triangle formation, and there is a lot of blood, a trail leading into the woods. We packed up our stuff and drove back to town. It took two hours driving until our phones got a signal. We called 911 and told them everything that had happened. They never found Alex's body besides the blood, and everybody says it was just a crazy, crazy bear attack. And maybe it was. But that must be one juggernaut of a bear. Let me start by saying that this is a true story that happened to me when I was 13 years old. I'm now 27. Whether you believe it or not is up to you entirely. My dad used to be part of a small hunting club in Alabama. Just a handful of guys he grew up with. Once a year, he would drive to the small town of Elba to camp for a few days and go hunting. The club owned a few different areas of land around the city, and club members would go tracking there. One of these pieces of land was nicknamed the cemetery because it had a cemetery. Nothing creepy about the cemetery in particular. It was in the woods and the graves were of an enslaver. Now, in this area of land nicknamed the cemetery, there are five or six green fields, a cleared out piece with no trees, grass, and a buck hut to hunt in. A buck hut is a treehouse you sit in and wait to walk out into the green field. This evening, we were going to hunt on a green field one. The plot is directly behind the old cemetery. The evening started off normal enough, my dad parked the truck and we walked down the trail to the buck hut. We climbed up and started to wait and watch the woods. Some time passed and my dad said he was going to go for a short walk to see if he may see any deer on the trail. Keep in mind, I'm only about 13 years old at the time. It's not that big of a deal as I've hunted by myself before and I'm not afraid of being alone in the woods. Besides, it was still pretty light out. So I said okay and he climbed down. It was just me, my 32 caliber Marlin rifle, the grass field in front of me, and the dense woods around me. This is where things start to get strange. I sat there for what felt like an eternity. It was now almost twilight, and I was starting to grow concerns for my dad because he had still not come back. I was worried that something might have happened to him. Even though he's an experienced hunter, I worried that he may have been lost or gotten hurt somewhere on the trail. The woods had been dead silent though, and I know he would probably shoot off a warning shot if he was lost. I tried to rationalize and figured maybe he had found a decent spot that he wanted to hunt until twilight or dusk hour of the day because that's prime time for hunting. So I focused my attention on the grass field in front of me, just watching and listening and waiting for a deer to walk out in the field as the light of the day began to fade. Just then, across the field, I saw and heard some brush moving and breaking. 
The thought did cross my mind that it could be my dad, but for some reason I just highly doubted it. There was just no way it could be him. That would be incredibly dangerous and stupid. I raised up my rifle and pulled back the hammer, aimed it at the moving brush and patiently waited for what I hoped was a deer to walk out. But, instead of a deer, a girl floated out of the woods and onto the grassy field. She was transparent white with long flowing dress and long white hair. She floated from one side of the field to the other and disappeared back into the woods. I watched for what felt like a minute or two, but I couldn't tell you exactly how long it was. I could not believe my freaking eyes. I was petrified for some reason. Now I wanted my dad back here as soon as possible. A short time passed and it's now pitch freaking black outside. I'm still alone and my concern for my dad turned into pure panic. But I was too afraid to yell or look for him in the pitch black woods where I had just seen it. I sat there for hours terrified and alone in the darkness. Thankfully he finally returned. He acted as if he had not been gone long at all and I asked him where he went and he said he just went for a short walk up the trail, turned around and came back. The timeline made no sense. He was gone for hours. It was unlike him to leave me alone for that long. He was adamant that he had only been gone for 30 minutes. We walked down the trail back to his truck and I couldn't get out of there fast enough. The whole experience still confuses me to this day. What did I see that day? A ghost of an old slave? Maybe one of the enslavers buried in the woods behind me? Something was definitely off about it though. Did my dad go through some sort of time warp and time sped up? I don't know. I just never want to go hunting there again, and I don't plan on returning. I'm a hunter up here in Minnesota. I'm in a town not far north of Mille Lacs Lake. I have a handful of stories detailing freaky incidents that have taken place on hunts. Here's the first. One season, I was deep in the woods on a snowmobile trail. When I hunt, I typically carry my 30-06, a knife, and a backpack. I feel confident in the woods, but this season I had some concerns. The deer population seemed a bit lower on our property recently, and we knew there were wolves around because you find their tracks everywhere, not to mention being able to hear them howl at night. But luckily, they typically don't mess with people. But as I was scanning for deer tracks in the dirt, I found a different set of tracks that stood out to me. They looked like canine, minus the nail marks, and they were a bit wider. The paw on it looked to be about a 150-pound animal or so. Then it clicked that this was probably a feline track, a big one, and fresh. I knew there were bobcats around, but they definitely didn't get that big. So the next logical step is to assume that maybe there was a cougar in the area. I decided to double back. So I'm heading back east on the trail when my dad calls and asks me to do a push through the woods towards his stand. So I say sure. At this point, his stand is maybe 500 meters through the thick woods from me, and I'm concerned about the large predator nearby, but I also know that I'm 6'4", about 190 pounds, before even putting on my gear. Statistically speaking, cougars don't tend to attack healthy adult men, so I pushed forward. I get about halfway to the other stand when I get concerned because I lost my marker. I stop to try to regain my bearings, and then it hits me. Something in my gut tells me, you are being watched. Then I noticed how still the woods were, deathly quiet. Then, 
I hear the dreaded branch snap, about 20 meters behind me. I ready my rifle and scan in a circle, but only the trees and brush are what I see. I wait, and it's just way too quiet. So I push forward towards my dad's stand. The whole time I hear something not far behind me that's quietly keeping pace. Eventually, I stopped hearing it and the woods went back to normal with the birds singing and whatnot. Then I stepped out onto a trail about 40 meters from my dad's stand. I suspect it was the cougar that made the tracks. My guess is that it thought I would put up too much of a fight or it caught my dad's scent and chose to back off. I never did see it, but something was following me. The second story. This happened about two years ago. I decided to take my fiancé hiking after work one evening in the park with some nice bluffs to climb for a great view. If I'm honest, I was hoping to see a nice sunset and earn some boyfriend points so I could drink with my buddies on the weekend without complaint. You should know that this isn't a particularly safe thing to do at this time of night, so I gave her my tactical knife and I carried a 40 caliber pistol. We arrived and parked the car before heading up a trail. Then, about 100 meters in, we spook what I only assume was a deer, which hauled ass away from us so quickly that I only saw a flash of tan. Honestly, it scared us pretty good. So, now I'm on edge and we round a crest in a hill, and I see a black mass to the left in my peripheral vision. I unsnapped the retention on my holster and turned to engage what turned out to be nothing but a mound of black dirt. So I take a deep breath and I calm down, and we continue with our nice little evening hike. With birds chirping, bugs making noise, regular forest stuff going on all around us. Now, for the creepy part. Once we were within about 200 meters of the halfway point on the trail, it starts to feel eerie, almost like we were being watched. This time it clicked right away. The woods are now dead silent, but I started noticing movement keeping pace with us, so I kept moving towards the top of the hill, the high ground which is the halfway point of the trail. We reach it and stop. So does whatever was following us, but the woods are still dead calm, and my fiancé tells me that she thinks we are being followed, so we decide to move on and take a shortcut back down the bluff to the paved trail. We make it, and the woods get back to normal sounds again. We consider hiking more, but were a bit too spooked and left the park. Now, whatever was following us, I suspect was another cougar. It was quiet, and we didn't see it, and the strangest part is, is that the stalking noises it did make sounded elevated, like it was moving from tree to tree, and big cats, I guess, have been known to do this in the past. Story 3 Perhaps the least explainable of all of them. This one happened around June or July of 2007, I believe. I was roughly around 17 years old, give or take, much cockier then, but still somewhat knowledgeable of the outdoors. My family used to own a cabin in northwest Wisconsin. I basically grew up there in the summer and knew the woods well. But at night, it was wise to stay in the cabin, or at least by the bonfire by the beach, because of the bears, wolves, and cougars. One of the creepiest things, as if you were having a bonfire, the tree line was visible from the fire pit and beach, and at night you always felt like you were being watched from that tree line. But during the day, the woods always seemed normal, almost inviting, not so creepy. That is, until this incident. This happened in broad daylight, sometime around noon. My cousin and I were having an airsoft battle. I was in full woodland camo, he was not. I retreated into the ATV trail into the woods for a tactical advantage, and our battle took us about 200 meters up the trail. 
We had enough at this point and were standing at the edge of a clearing on the trail, talking, and he was maybe ten feet in front of me when I decided to mess with him. I shushed him and said we were being watched. He froze, and then I realized the woods were actually dead quiet, and I got spooked and started scanning the tree line in the other edge of the clearing from left to right when I saw it. Its teeth gave it away. It was panting and staring at my cousin. I don't expect you to believe me, but what I saw was a wolf as big as a black bear, at least 300 pounds. But it, it wasn't normal. This wolf was on two legs crouching next to me. Its arm was grasping onto the tree, grasping with a clawed hand, and had reddish-brown fur. The next thing I know, we were both sprinting back towards our cabin. I looked back at this wolf or bear thing, which was now in the process of charging us, barreling through the brush. But for whatever reason, it stopped following us as we broke the tree line. What stuck with me the most was the sheer size. The wolf thing had to be easily seven feet tall when upright, and where it should have had front paws, it appeared to have large clawed hands. Now, I'm not sure how to explain it away rationally. I have heard of wolves with occasionally kind of walking upright, but that's not this at all. They can't sprint on two legs, nor do wolves get that big, and black bears waddle more on their hind legs than running like this thing was. I still have no idea to this day exactly what that thing was. So for some context, I live in northern Utah, and I'm a very experienced and well-seasoned outdoorsman and hunter. I have spent much of my time in the woods. Now, I have never been a superstitious person. In fact, I've always been the type of person to find a rational explanation. And I know this is going to sound cliche, but this is one of those experiences where I just have no explanation. Now, for some context of where we were when this happened. So, if you do not know, Utah in the winter is a very cold and snowy place, and snow days are not that uncommon. And by some luck, this day was a snow day with about three feet of snow on the ground. So, my friend and I, being experienced hunters, decided that the snow would make perfect hunting conditions for some birds. So, we loaded up our shotguns into the back of his off-road setup jeep, and we headed up the mountains to hopefully bag a grouse or two. Now, when we reached the gate that was the base of the mountain, and the gate was closed but not locked, which was quite weird because usually this gate is locked, so we decided to go through and drive up with the jeep. We went up for quite a few miles. Now, it is important to note a few things. First, as it appeared in the snow, we were the first people to be up there for quite some time. And second, there was only one way in and out of here. There was only a single road. Anyway, we drove up the little jeep trail for about three to four miles. We finally got up to where we were going to hunt, and we were very remote. And I mean very remote. So we both stepped out of the jeep. The first thing we heard was an elk cow. Mew, or whatever but it was wrong. It sounded distorted and raspy. The creepiest part is I've hunted in that canyon for all of my life, and I've never even seen an elk in there. But we both just kind of brushed it off and figured, I guess that there could be an elk in here, and I guess there have been stranger things in the world, right? But as we continued along the trail, we made a horrifying discovery. There were what looked like to be infant foot tracks in the snow. Not a child's footprint, but like a newborn human barefoot. At this point, I knew something was very wrong. Why the heck would there be a baby up here, all alone in three feet plus of snow? 
And how could they even walk in this much snow? How could they even walk without snow? I think the weirdest part was as I was oddly compelled to continue along, following the tracks to try to help anyone who might be up there. We continued walking, all the time in absolute horror about what we might find just 10 steps up the trail. Now it is important to note that these were like fresh tracks, not like a week old or anything like that. It looked like whatever had made them had done it just a few minutes before us. We continued hiking through cliff faces and very steep and dark pine tree slopes for what felt like hours. Now, I know this is going to sound cliche, but I think the worst and most unnerving part was just how empty the woods were. They just seemed to be absent of all life. Anyways, we hiked for what seemed like forever when we finally reached a sagebrush clearing and the footsteps kept going. But at this point, it was getting kind of dark and I had a very uneasy feeling, so we decided to turn around. We made it back to the car and started hearing squirrels chirping about 200 yards away down in a very deep and dark valley where the trees can swell all the sunlight. Because at this point, the trip seemed like we were going to get skunked, we followed the chirping. We had gone about 300 yards into the trees. It was obvious the chirps were just drawing us further and further into the woods fairly quickly though, because there were no signs of any squirrel. It continued calling, and at this point, it was all but dark. At that point though, I noticed something. I saw what looked like a tall, slender, hairy, mangled-looking creature. As it was walking, it became very obvious that this was no earthly creature. Its knees bent backward, if you were to picture a deer's legs, but just upside down. It was walking bipedal, but very wrong, almost like it didn't know how to walk. I was only able to see it for around 30 seconds before it disappeared around a bend inside of an old dried up riverbank, and at that moment, I was sure that it hadn't seen us and that we needed to leave, so we snuck back to the jeep as fast and as quiet as we could, loaded everything up, and got the hell out of there. When we were leaving, I swear I heard a gut-wrenching scream, and I can just say that I will never forget this ever. I don't know what it is, I swear I got a glimpse of it running parallel to the jeep, I'm pretty sure it does come into that not-deer-skimwalker territory, but I, I, I really wouldn't know. It keeps me awake at night to this day, and I haven't been hunting since. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true hunting horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. If you enjoyed these stories, be sure to elbow the like button in the nose. Subscribe if you're new and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them almost every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's a hunting story or something else, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. You can also submit it via reddit at r slash thedarkswamp. I would love to see your story and share it with everyone here on the swamp. If you enjoyed this video, let me know what story was your favorite in the comments. Be sure to comment the code word, which is Screeching Pelican. Be sure to comment that down to confuse anybody who doesn't make it to the end, and to also let me know how many of you do. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but still want to listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, and pretty much everywhere else you find your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories. Thank you guys so much for supporting the swamp the way you do. I'll see you all soon with another creepy video.